Hello, you're listening to Yarns from the Plane, a podcast for knitters, crocheters, and anyone who loves to play with yarn. Hello, and welcome to episode 27 of Yarns from the Plain. Goodness me, this podcast is getting to be like buses. You wait for ages and then suddenly three come all at once. Well, my apologies for that, but I want to do a catch-up episode for all the bits that weren't to do with Tame Show and all the various bits and bobs that have happened over the last three months or so since the original recording of episode 25, and then that's that. Then we're going to try and get onto an even keel and, you know, some semblance of normality may then return. I mean, I know it's a very limited grasp of the meaning of normality because this is me we're talking about. But, you know, it would be nice, wouldn't it, for it not to be feast and famine, for it to be a bit more steady. If you are a new listener, then hello. And I'm terribly sorry that that last sentence didn't make any sense to you at all. Just, you know, bear with me. This is Planet Nick. Tales from the Plain, here over at Yarns from the Plain, doesn't necessarily work on the same time scale or normality planes as everywhere else. Apologies for that, but stick with us. You might find something you like. If you're a returning listener, hello, welcome back. I hope you're not actually getting indigestion from, you know, all these new episodes all one after the other. Um, but uh, never mind. Anyway, this episode, it's a catch-up episode. So I want to talk about some of the places um, and exhibitions that I've been to in um, the last three months and the very small amount of activity knitting-wise or, or crochet-wise or indeed anything uh, yarny-wise that's not been to do with the Tame Show and talk a little bit about um, some of the new podcasts I've discovered over the last couple of weeks. I've been out of touch with podcasts completely um, for a couple of months, not listened to any. Um, just everything with work has been all a bit hectic, so I've not been uh, listening to them. But I have caught up with quite a few of them over the last few days. It's been absolutely brilliant catching up with them actually when I've been out and about in the car and doing things. And I've also come across some new ones. So I'm actually going to do that bit first. First of all, two that were recommended to me. One by a listener, Vondredi, who um, recommended Craft Life. Craft Life is um, put out by Treacland Inc. and she lives in Texas. And it's quite area specific which is really nice she's a multi-crafter a bit like um martine from the i make in guernsey and like that one having area specific things and like um louise at caden's craft collective having scottish things treacling inc looks at aspects of what it means to live in the south of america in the southern part of america so that's really interesting um learn all sorts of um terms and finding out recipes and you know listening to her and her husband bicker about how to pronounce pecan 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 it's just a nut that looks a bit like a brain really isn't it it goes nicely in pies but that's been really interesting then caro trike um recommended miss l knits which actually launched last year before christmas which i didn't realize it's another uk-based 
podcast um so i've been enjoying catching up the first few episodes of that um so i think i'm up to around about christmas now and then i was contacted at the i think it was the beginning of july middle of july middle of july i think by auntie appy who has launched her own podcast um so she actually contacted me to say hello i really enjoy your podcast and i'm gonna have a go at doing my own and hers is called knit spin kick uh, deliberate use of uh, the pronunciation there because she's based in the northeast, so it's lovely to hear her accent because it makes me think of all my in-laws um, because that's the area that my husband comes from. So she's got a couple of episodes out now, and I've really, really enjoyed those. I mean, what's not to like? Knitting, spinning, and cake. Love it. Can't go wrong, can you? So as well as catching up with all my usual ones, I've been listening to those as well, um, and also. Um, I did have to laugh today because in the last week or so I've discovered that the Desert Island Discs podcast isn't like lots of the other BBC podcasts so there's only the latest week episode available. There's quite an archive of them so I've been listening to quite a few of those in the last week um, only to discover today as I'm listening and catching up with Louise at Caithness Craft Collective that she actually referenced them too and had a whole marooned episode um, a couple of months back so I did have a wry smile at that. But those are the, the three new podcasts that I've started listening to within the last um, month or so. Craft Life Miss L Knits and Knit Spin Cake. So, aside from the frantic last-minute crafting to get everything ready for the team show, what have I been doing in the last three months? Well, if we wind back to uh, middle, beginning of early May, middle of May perhaps, um, the Cheshire Spinning Guild held their exhibition at Dunham Massey. Now Dunham Massey is a National Trust property, a um, little bit outside Ulchicum. It's one of my favourite National Trust properties actually. And for one weekend in May, they allow us the old, um, an old, it's not a barn, it's a, I think it was a water storage area or a cart house, cart shed or something. Um, and four or five of us set up the themed exhibition for the year um, of course, I got told off that I hadn't submitted anything to the themed exhibition. Tusk, tusk, naughty Nick. And then we spin throughout the day so people can come in, have a look at the exhibition, look at the variety of some of the things um, that the members of the Guild have made. Um, this year's theme, um, you know, I've gone totally blank on what it is. Contrasts. I think it's contrasts. Yeah, so some people have got thick things plied, plied with thin things there's um, a little baby dress but it's knitted out of wire um, with some frilly things around the edge so it's that kind of thing but there's lots of feely bags for children to sort of go in and have a rummage and then we're spinning around the outside so people can come and talk to us about the spinning at all. On the Saturday, apparently, it was absolutely torrential rain, so it was pretty dismal. But on the Sunday, the day I went, it was really quite pleasant. So I was sat in a, a little shaft of sunlight, um, spinning away on that pick perfect twinkle and uh, having a nice time and explaining to people, you know, the sort of a little bit about how spinning worked. So that was really good. Carry on with the guild in the June meeting. Um, we had a little workshop led by one of the members about braiding um, and I can't remember the name of the braiding um, and I didn't write it down so it was really silly um, but that was quite interesting but what was interesting was that somebody had brought the guild drum card along to lend to another member 
and um, I'm afraid to say I sort of fell on it and spent the entire afternoon actually carding about 300 grams worth of scraps um, into coloured bats which I then spun over the Saturday night and into the Sunday morning I've never spun that much yarn up so quickly um, so I was spinning it up quite chunky oh it was lovely it was lovely someone was actually already booked it out but I have now got my little sticky paws on it and so I've got it until um, the September meeting so I'm going to card lots more things but it was just it was really really nice I think it's an Ashford carder it's just not an option at the moment to buy one for myself but it was good fun absolutely brilliant fun um, playing with it um, at that meeting that was the first committee meeting I attended as well um, of the guild because I am now on the committee um, as event secretary because you know it's not like I haven't got enough things to do in my life I am such an idiot at times such an idiot never mind so we, we suggested they're setting up a Ravelry group actually for the Guild, which I have done. So if you are in the, the Cheshire area and you are thinking about wanting to find out anything more about spinning, have a look for us on Ravelry. Our, our group is the Cheshire Guild of Weavers, Spinners and Dyers, you know, highly originally named. But um, it's there, so we put up information about the, the forthcoming meetings and everything. The following week from that um, was a Guild trip out to Woolfest up in Cockermouth in Cumbria. So that was, oh, that was just such a delight. It was so nice to actually not have to drive the distance. I'm not over fond on coach travel, but it wasn't too bad. And it was just really nice. It's very, very, very sheepy. And it's possibly got a similar number of vendors to Wonderwall Wales, but it's in a lot smaller space, so it felt really, really cramped. But it is really aimed a lot at spinners rather than knitters. There are there are you know wools and and everything there, but it's an awful lot of fleece, and it was just delightful. I bought some Gotland carded Gotland, but I told you about that last episode. Um, because I ended up making that into the cushion, uh, felting that into a cushion. Um, I bought a few bags of Wensleydale curls. Um, I think I think they were Wensleydale. And I bought some coloured locks of different long wools. Um, so, you know, that's lots of things to play around with and possibly put on the drum carder later on. It was, there, there was a, in the cafe, not in the cafe area itself, but in a, like a, a little rest area near where Ravelry was. It was really nice to catch up with Amber Moggy again. And what was really nice in that area was that there was a little performance area where there was lots of folk music and clog dancing and things going on, which I know isn't everybody's cup of tea, but I really enjoyed it. So it was really nice um, to see there. Because I was out with people um, from the the guild and because I was walking around permanently with um, somebody for most of the time I didn't get the voice recorder out so there were no snippets for that but I don't think the sound would have been very good anyway because it was really really noisy um, because it was so tightly packed but what was really really interesting was I went to a talk by Sue Blacker from Blacker Yarns Um, she's based down in um, Devon Cornwall and she was talking about selecting different types of fleece and what to look for when you're choosing a fleece and it was really really interesting and I ended up doing what I said I would never do I bought half 
a Jacob cross fleece. So I now have a bag of maybe about two kilos of stinky sheep fleece in the shed. Although my husband tells me when he last went out to go and get the mower that it actually doesn't smell that much, so maybe it's not so bad. It's But that's got to be one of the summer jobs. Um, something I have to do over the summer is to wash and, and prepare that. So the trouble is I've now only got one week left because in 10 days' time we go on holiday and when we come back from that I'm really not going to have time to deal with the fleece before it's time to start with school again so um, i better get on with it really hadn't I? i better go and start washing that fleece oops um, but that was that was really interesting the following weekend there was a little local event called the wool experience at Blaze Farm in sort of just on the edge of Wildbore Clough which is just outside Macclesfield but actually in the Peak District and that was really nice it was very small it's just in one shed there was a shearer there doing shearing demonstrations there was um sort of breed specific um fleece for sale um some uh, alpaca stuff dot lum who's the editor of yarn maker magazine was there um she's a member of our guild so that was nice and there was for the second saturday in a row somebody spinning with a great wheel now at Woolfest, the wheel was being um, used by members from the guild of long draw spinners to demonstrate long draw spinning um, but it was actually a modern great wheel made maybe five or six years ago by a chap who lives in Nutsford actually not far from where we are he's come and his wife has come and talked to our guild about the history of spinning wheels in national trust properties because she spent a lot of time cataloguing um, different spinning wheels in National Trust cut, um, properties, trying to find who, who the makers are, what type of wheel it is, how old it is, that kind of thing. Um, so that was really interesting. But then the following week at Blaze Farm, at the Wool Experience, the there was a lady, and I think it's she, the, the murmuring from the murmuring wheel group, and her great wheel is an original. Um, now I think she told me it was, she thought it was about a hundred and hundred and fifty or a hundred and eighty years old her wheel. Um, she does have an older one, she says, but it, that's just too delicate to take out. But for those of you who have ever looked at a modern spinning wheel and thought, well, where on earth is the bit that Sleeping Beauty pricks her finger on the spindle? Well, I can tell you, she didn't spin prick her finger on a modern style spinning wheel she pricked her finger on a great wheel because a great wheel doesn't have a bobbin and doesn't uh, have um, the drive band that turns the bobbin that pulls the yarn onto the bobbin what it has is a long metal spike hello sorry about that I just had to break off there for a minute I heard a terrible yowling outside I thought, I don't know if you, you'll be able to pick it up on the audio or not, and I, I'm going to leave it in because it's quite funny, even if you can. Uh, there was a terrible yowling that sounded like a, a cat that was caught in a trap. So I shot outside to see if there was indeed a problem with my cat to find a blue tit in the utility room, uh, flying around like an idiot. Thankfully it flew back out of the uh, of the back door as I walked into the utility room, and then got into the garden. No sign of a cat at all, but still this terrible yowling. Turns out it wasn't a cat at all. It was somebody's baby and toddler, or toddler outside the fence. So um, I do apologise for that. A little bit of excitement. Anyway, chasing birds out of my utility room. 
Good job I didn't take the uh, voice recorder with me. Lot of flapping. Um, right, so yes, yeah, so great wheels. Sorry, it's coming back to me like like Eddie Izzard like. Uh, great wheels. So they have a long metal spike and the yarn is wrapped around this spike and is sort of, it spirals up towards the spike and the spike point if you like, that's where the yarn is, is pulling off from. And it doesn't wind on to it. You have to pull it away from you, so that's why you have to use long draw on a great wheel. When you've then got it pulled a long distance away, as long as you, uh, as far as you can get it away from it really, and still be in uh, close touch of the wheel, you then give the pusher wheel in the opposite direction. And what that then does is you walk back towards the wheel and it pulls the yarn that you've just um, pulled out and put all the twist in back onto the, the spindle. And then you pull it out again from the point. So it's beautiful to watch. I will put photographs up on the show notes. Um, but that will be the spindle that Sleeping Beauty pricked her finger on. So that was a real revelation. I really, really enjoyed that. If you are ever in the... Uh, Macclesfield area or around the edge, you know, Buxton, Macclesfield, around the Wild Buckloth area of the Peak District, I would recommend you go to Blaze Farm. It's really interesting. They've kind of opened it up for visitors. There's a little trail around that tells you all about farming. There are um, access to some of the animals with really informative signs um, aimed at children but not written in a condescending manner. So there's lots of information in there. Um, that anyone can get information out from and it has its own ice cream parlour where it makes its own ice creams to sell on the cornet or in tubs I resisted the urge to buy a tub of the ice cream I had a double waffle cone with ginger and mandarin ice creams and it was delicious absolutely delicious beautiful so that was the beginning of July, and then, not Saturday just gone, because that was the time show, but the Saturday before, I went on a woolly wormhead workshop at Fibre and Clay, and I sat next to next to the lovely Daisy Frog. So hello, Daisy Frog. I said hello properly this time, because um, I didn't sort of say hello properly last time. And uh, she sort of gave me a gentle nudge, actually, and just went, so when are you going to start recording again? So... I'm putting it down to Louise from Caithness Craft Collective nagging me on Twitter and Daisy Frog gently prompting me to get me back into actually sorting out the problems and uh, seeing what I can do for you. But that was a really interesting um, workshop. It was about knitting hats sideways. So if you've got um, Going Straight, which is her first big book about um, knitting hats sideways, then her notes were drawn from that. So we made a very simple beanie-shaped hat, but knitting it sideways. Um, so it's your row gauge that sorts out the diameter of the hat. And we used felted, Rowan felted tweed chunky on size 7 needles. So it meant that I actually was able to knit the entire beanie for my head and graft it together in the workshop. But it wasn't quite finished because I chose to do it. The way you work these hats, you work back and forth on a panel, on a wedge, she calls them. And each wedge 
has some short rows in it so that you make a wedge that is wider at one end and narrower at the other. Um, if you imagine looking down on the top of an orange and drawing around um, the orange from the north pole, if you like, to the south pole and back round again, and then doing that at um, 90 degrees to the other line that you've drawn and then cutting around those, you'd end up with four um, segments, wouldn't you, that were tapering to either end. Imagine that you then cut those in half across the, the middle and you've got these four wedge shapes for the top half and four wedge shapes for the bottom bottom half. Well, the hats are constructed with these idea of these wedges that you form by using short rows. And I decided to have my four wedges in my hat, alternating stocking stitch and reverse stocking stitch. So that meant that the edge of my hat, the bottom, the brim, if you like, wasn't very neat because on two of the wedges it curled under and of two of the wedges it curled out. So today what I started to do was I actually picked up stitches around the edge to knit a feather and fan brim, if you like, to come down. Um, so I did that knit group today. Um, I did one round of that, tried it on and realised that to do a second round would then end sort of halfway down the bridge of my nose. So I've pulled it back and um, I'm knitting that brim in smaller needles in the hope that I'll actually be able to see out from underneath this hat uh, and then it'll be finished but it was again like any woolly work, wormhead workshop absolutely brilliant really good fun she's a lovely lovely lady really informative knows her stuff teaches it really well um, so it was absolutely brilliant um, but it does give me a bit of a quandary because I reckon that I will get this finished tonight and that will mean that I have got nothing current on my needles. Everything that I've got is a UFO that's been lurking around from before Christmas. I know I've got those two piles of blanket squares, the NYOBE neutrals blanket from last year and the Baker's blanket from this year and I could do those. And obviously the sock yarn blanket is by the side of me and that will come out and I will no doubt do some of that tonight because that's dead easy, mindless knitting to do. But it isn't portable really anymore. So, I, you know, it's going to be a bit of an effort because it's now sitting in a log basket so I can hardly drag that to knit group next week. So I really need to, to sort of make a decision now. Do I cast on something new or do I go and have a look at the horrific amount of things that are lurking at the bottom of my projects page on Ravelry that are hibernating. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go down now and do you know what? I'm not capable of making a decision at, at all. So I'm going to throw this open to you. Okay? So let me just go through what I've got here and, um, and then I'm going to ask you if you'll give me a hand and help me choose something to finish off okay so first up here is a featherweight cardigan the hanafetic featherweight cardigan and that's in a posh yarn lace i can't remember which lace it's in because of course i haven't put that on the project page um i do remember that within a week of casting it on you know it's quite mindless knitting small scale but mindless good old stocking stitch now i don't mind a good old power of stocking stitch because you know you can watch loads of telly with that but within a week of casting it on the ball um i've done it into a center wind ball and it had a hemorrhage 
and I think I ended up pulling it off and breaking it and there's a big knot in it. So I've got that. I think that's why I slung it in a bag and haven't touched it since. Um, the Northman mittens, gorgeous colourwork mittens that I'm doing in two shades of posh yarn Emily. A purple and a green. You know, my, more purple and green. <laughs> um, I have one mitten completed. So, you know, I need to do the second mitten and then I need to make a decision about whether it's cold enough to need to line them. So that's the second UFO. Third UFO is the stripy messenger bag. Um, I was still working on that last autumn, but, you know, haven't worked on that maybe for about nine months that's, if you remember, it's um, Noro Crayon in stripes. And I was using, I think I was using Debbie Bliss. Was I using Debbie Bliss Luxury Tweed? Let's have a look and see. What was I using? Um, oh, again, haven't managed to put it in there. I've only put the Crayon in. Obviously, I was going through a stage where I was only actually linking the stuff to stashed yarn hopeless hopeless uh, i've done more than five percent though i know i've done more than five percent i think i'm working on the strap so um so there's not much knitting left on that then i've got acres of i-cord to go around the edging of it to stabilize it and then i'd have to actually you know line it and put a zip in it so those are all new skills but you know new skills i'm not averse to new skills could be time i learned how to put a zip in something maybe Next thing I haven't touched for years, I don't think I've touched this for nearly three years now, um, that's the um, modern quilt wrap that I'm knitting in Kid Silk Haze, which I do adore. It is lovely. Um, and I would say I d I'm about a sixth of the way through that, and then I put it to one side. Now, you know, if I actually, you know toddled on with it then um you know i might be able to wear it for the winter with a black coat that would look rather nice wouldn't it with my black coat if i get my black coat cleaned uh next thing is a tank top knitted in noro crayon sock yarn um again that's about that's over two years since i worked on that um of course i i cast on the wrong number of stitches for that um so I had to fudge that around a bit. So I did keep dithering about whether to pull that back or not. Um, I don't think I have. Not quite sure where that is. I'd have to hunt around for that. But they're all, you know, they're all in storage bins upstairs, these projects. Then there's the ever-faithful Lizard Ridge um, Afghan. So that's squares of Noro Crayon, um, all um with that lovely bumpy texture that comes from doing those short row shaping so it looks like it's got ripples in it um you know that could I've, i don't know how many squares i've done on that one two three four five six seven eight nine see those are the days when i kept quite detailed records but that's been a long time since i've done anything on that um there's a pair of socks that have been lurking since the end of 2008 well, I have to say, it's not even a pair of socks. I'm probably down to about the heel of the first sock. Um, I kind of had a... I cast it on, had a spurt on it one evening, and I don't really think I did anything else on it. I was, do I think I was doing it as part of the um, Socknitious Pentathlon for 2008. It was the fifth pair of socks. But I didn't cast them on until the day after Boxing Day. And 
I was going away, so I knew I wouldn't have them done by the end of the year, the end of that month. Um, so therefore I kind of cast them on and then did nothing about them. Last I saw of them, they looked quite hairy from where Lilla, Lily Cat had been uh, sleeping in the knitting bag. But I do at least know where those are. What else have I got? Oh, Pondemonium. That's that little sweater, little boy's sweater. Well, it could be a little girl's sweater, couldn't it? Um, my first ever attempt at colour work. Now, I cast that on four years ago. I was knitting it for a, a little boy who is now... Well, I suppose his baby brother is probably going to be too big to fit in it. But, you know, it would be nice, wouldn't it, to to uh, finish that off? I think, why did I stall on that? Because I powered through the knitting quite quickly. Oh, I remember, yes, because I got to the embroidery bit where I had to embroider all the little eyes and mouths and features on all of the little critters that are going round and round and round the middle of the, the sweater. Right, so that's why I put that one to bed. Uh, then I've got a couple of cushions, um, wonderful acrylic joy of cushions, but they are, um, they're, they're both woolly thoughts cushions. One is the best of both worlds, which is, I love that pattern. It just cycles around and around and around. Um, use that quite a lot for some blanket squares actually. And the other one is double vision. Haven't got a photo of that, but, um, started that, you know, over three years ago to go down for a, um, a party because it was good car knitting and uh, what else have I got um, oh a Hypnics cardigan that's knocking on three and a half years old this was it's a Fair Isle cardigan knit in a single ply Aran silk um, which it looks luscious um, if you're at all tense comes apart as you knit it and I saw somebody's finished one last summer at knit camp and I don't think it necessarily wears very well because of it being a single, I think it pills. But there you go, that's that's my anything that's that's not um those blanket squares UFOs. So let's have a look. What have we got there? Um <laughs> So I'm scrolling down again, and I've got so many projects, of course it takes a while to scroll down my Ravelry page. Right, so I have down there... One, two, three, four, five, six... Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven UFOs. So, come on, we need to start whipping these into shape, don't we? We need to get rid of these. I can't have these things hanging around. So, what I'd like you to do is I would like you to either leave a message on the show notes or leave me a message on the Ravelry board. I'll put up um, shots of them, of what I've got anyway, and uh, ask you to vote. Because I'm going to hand it over to you. You are going to tell me what to finish off. You're going to give me the order of things that we're going to finish off, and we can see if we can finish. I mean, we might not, we won't be able to finish them all off by the end of the year, but you know, might be able to finish, you know, five of them maybe, because some of them aren't that far away. It's going to be one of those things that I'm swear will will sort out. I, I'm tempted to take the socks away with me because socks are always good holiday knitting, aren't they? because um, they're lightweight, so I'm trying to take the socks. And I will need to take some crochet with me because I'm going to be an awful long time on the plane. And I know Manchester get a bit iffy about taking 
needles on a plane. I'll, I mean, I'm going to try, you know, little, especially if I could find some acrylic ones, they'd be great, wouldn't they? Little acrylic sock needles. Um, but um, I shall uh, need to take some crochet with me next uh, for my holidays, holly bobs. But I'm going to hand over the finishing up the the works in progress to you. It's going to be your decision. So I can curse you when I'm hating what I'm knitting. There you go. How's that for a challenge? Um, so I shall list them all up on the show notes. I shall list them all up on the web page, uh, on, on the Ravelry group, and you can help me decide what I'm going to finish off. Because, you know, they're lurking. Some of those have been there for, you know, nearly four years. So, which is just ridiculous, isn't it? You know, four years, things hanging around, you know. They've been hanging around as long as I've been on Ravelry, which is just shocking. Um, in fact, that best of both worlds has got to be hanging around earlier than that because I started that back in about 2003. So that's been hanging around nearly, you know, that's been hanging around like 10 years next spring. So got to got to get rid of these things, got to sort them out. Now, talking of holly bobs, um, I am going on holiday um, in 10 days time. Yay! We're doing our road trip, um, around the, a little bit of the southwestern United States. So we're flying into Albuquerque, we're driving around, um, we're doing a little bit of, uh, northwest New Mexico, northern Arizona, the Navajo Nation, Grand Canyon, some of the ghost towns, um, around Kingman, um, uh, sort of up past Hoover Dam, going to Los, uh, Las Vegas, staying one night in Las Vegas, and then um, going on to four nights in San Francisco. Now, my husband does keep telling me that it is indeed my um, my holiday, um, but I have decided that it, I can't go to Taos um, in New Mexico. It's just in the wrong direction for where we want to travel, and it's just a bit too far of a diversion to go to Taos. So people have recommended that, and I would love to, and all the fibre trails around there, it's not going to happen. But we do have four nights in San Francisco. So I would love some recommendations. What is the one yarn shop I have to visit in San Francisco or the Bay Area. Okay, so if you are based at all in that area, if you've ever visited that area, that's what I want to know. I've had some recommendations, but that's what I want to know. You've got just over a week to tell me. So you can tweet me or you can leave a comment on the show notes or you can leave um, a comment over in the discussion thread on the Ravelry group but I want to know what is the one yarn shop in the Bay Area that I need to visit because I'm probably only going to get to one so you know tell me you tell me what it is and we'll see see if I manage to get there anyway thanks so much for listening again I know we've had a lot to go through over the last three days hopefully I will get this edited and up tonight and then we're all caught up. Thanks again. Until next time. Bye. You've been listening to Yarns from the Plain. Show notes and links are available at the Yarns from the Plain show page at yarnsfromtheplain.podbean.com. If you'd like to contact the show, you can leave a comment over there on the show page, or you can email me 
at yarnsfromtheplain at googlemail.com or message me on Ravelry where I'm Tales from the Plain. Until next time, take care and thanks for listening. <laughs>